Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. It's a, it truly is an honor and privilege to be with you, to be in, in front of you and be able to speak into your life. Um, and uh, this this month, this series is called Fire. Uh, it comes out of, and the verse is wrong, it's 20 verse 9, it comes out of Jeremiah, prophet, who felt like he was deceived by God uh, through that call. Uh, he was disarmed by God, and uh, but because of what God does in us, he concluded very clearly that, but if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Uh, this whole month is about the fire that, that, that burns within our hearts that God has put in. Our God is a consuming fire, and I, I'm privileged to, to invite a few people who God is impassioned um, in our community, and they're part of our church uh, in the realm of business. So I, I'd, li- I'd like to invite uh, Lynn Smallwood, Brittany McDonald, and my wife, Amy Ambrose. Come on down. We can move these up a little bit here. And uh, as they're coming down, and uh, come on down. I, for several months, if you want to pull those up, that'd be great. Thank you. For several months, I was thinking about this idea of call and how God truly does call his people to something greater to something that maybe they've never done before, to uncharted waters. And it's a scary moment. And I I thought about these three ladies who are currently uh, invested in their community through business and uh, through their entrepreneurial uh, pioneering. And, And I thought, man, they understand what God has done in their life and the call that God has on their life. And I thought, this would be a great conversation to have in front of our congregation because there's so many lessons that they have learned through their journey and still learning because you're not done right you're not done and so uh i would i would challenge you right now if you have any note-taking abilities and skills you pull out whatever you can write on you pull out your phones that you can take notes on because they're gonna knock your socks off this is gonna be great so i'd like to introduce you this is my wife amy ambrose it was Brittany McDonald and Lynn Smallwood. Um, so, ladies, um, thank you. And I, how? what is your business? Uh, how long have you been in business? Uh, what population do you serve? What's your skill set in your business? Like, what, what, what does your business do? And where are you located, by the way? So, uh, any one of you can begin with us. Just make sure they're good. Mike. Hello. All right, good deal. All right. We embrace the awkward around here, right? 
Go ahead. So I'm a speech-language pathologist. Um, I own Speak Life Speech Therapy, located now in downtown Wapakoneta on Willoughby Street. Um, I actually started the business in 2015, um, but just opened a brick-and-mortar space um, on April 1st of this year and have gone um, still part-time, but uh, the plan is to move towards full-time. Because you're currently working also in the school system. What, 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 si what school system are you currently working so in? So well? I work at Bakken's. Um, I've been there for 10 years. Um, and the plan was to totally resign at the end of last year. Um, but they asked if I would stay at all. So I am there two days still this school year. I am a, yep. I'm a behavior analyst. Um, I started collaborative care behavioral therapy in 2020. That is loud. That's good. Um, That's good. <laughs> um, I work with children um, on the autism spectrum, um, doing behavioral analysis from two to 22 years of age, and we are located at 103 East Algrove Street. Yeah. So uh, I'm a franchise owner, and uh, we have wine ins, chocolates, and coffees, and we're in downtown Wapakoneta. And uh, we've been open for four and a half years with full service, and we did about a year of uh, pop-up shops uh, before that. So we've been kind of here in downtown for the last five and a half years. So this is like a kingdom triangle because uh, you're on Willoughby, right? And we're both on Auglaise Street, and you can, you can go get your speech needs and your behavioral needs along with your coffee and your chocolate within just a two or three minute walk. We're a block at each other, right? So, um, again, this is all about call. And so, what were you doing prior to doing this? What you're doing now? Uh, what was your life look like? What did your educational background look like? And did you have any business uh, knowledge base at all? Because I know we didn't. <laughs> so, I'm just going to be honest. Any one of you. Any one of you. Um, so, our story journey kind of starts um, in 2009 um, when I quit my job at Honda not really knowing what we were going to do or what I was going to do um, after that. So I have a background. I have a bachelor's in accounting and I have a master's of business administration. So I've been in business for a long time um, in some form or fashion. Um, and then somehow God brought speech therapy into my life. I didn't even know what a speech therapist was in 2009. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that I'm doing it now. Um, so that path then led me to um, go back to school uh, to get a master's in speech pathology. Um, God definitely worked in that uh, because you had to take this GRE test to get into... It's horrible. Yeah. It's a horrible and test. And I'll tell you that my math score was here. My... English, whatever score was even not that's even your first on, yeah, <laughs> didn't even hit what I was supposed to hit to get in. Um, somehow, obviously it was God because I did not have the qualifications to go to school to be a speech pathologist. So I had the qualifications to be an accountant. I, I want to drill into that real quick. You were working at Honda. What was your position there at Honda in 2008 um, and nine? I was an accounting coordinator, um, and I also taught business classes at UNOH at the time. And so at that point in time, because this, this is really what really stands out for your story, and, and we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to tell all the stories. So I, 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 for, I, I just strongly encourage you to, to 
have conversation with these folks because they've got a lot. But like your story in particularly, you were at Honda, you were, you were working as an accountant, and when did you have this sense that God had called you out of Honda and you didn't necessarily know what it looked like? And how did God speak into your life what that looked like? So Dave and I got married in June of 2009. Um, and about six weeks after that, at the beginning of August, I was served papers okay. um, to take me to court for custody of my kids. So God works in crazy ways, but he kind of spoke through a lawyer to us um, that I needed to quit my job and focus on the kids and our family. Um, Dave and I both prayed about all this, kind of come back together and agreed that this is what was going to happen. Um, we sought the wisdom of our pastor at the time who had actually left Honda not even a year prior to that um, at age 52 to become a full-time pastor. So wow. he didn't make it to full retirement. Yeah. Um, so he kind of stepped out also. Um, but at that time, like there was no plan of what I was going to do other than stay home. And, and if I recall correctly, both you and Dave were kind of praying about this separately. And at some point you were having a conversation. Both of you were affirmed while talking with each other. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Um, so you technically, you left Honda without an idea. I was unemployed and no plan um, of what to do at that point. Isn't that beautiful? No, that's really scary, isn't it? That's very, very, very scary. So let's talk about scary over here with you two. <laughs> um, there were some scary moments in, in your stories as well. Um, let, let's kind of go back to the same question. When did you have a sense that God was moving in your life in a divine direction for you to basically pivot and change the trajectory of your career, but also your, your life and your ministry? So either one of you can... So for me, um, for collaborative care, um, I was already in the field of behavioral analysis um, as a behavior technician, which is a step under behavior anal uh, analyst. Um, I had a nice, secure job, and then COVID came, and the company left. They left all these families here with no services at all. Um, that's when God prompted me, hey, you need to start collaborative care. That's when I ran. Um, <laughs> I did not start collaborative care at that time. She calls um, this her Jonah moment. This is, my, this is my Jonah moment. And if you're not familiar with Jonah, when God called him, Jonah ran. That's why we have the story of Jonah and the whale. Yeah. So you ran. I sought comfort. Um, so I knew I was still supposed to be in this field. Um, I called up a colleague of mine from California. He had reached out a couple of months prior asking me to open a branch here for his company. Um, we had agreed on a salary uh, of 50000 a year. I had worked six months. He had only paid me 5000 And it was not a lot, but it was enough for me to keep going and stay in that comfort zone. Um, and then he stopped paying me completely. And I firmly believe that God shut that door because I wasn't listening. Um, I wasn't going to start collaborative care. I was just going to keep taking the minuscule amount that he was paying me. Um, so then I decided, or God decided, hey, it's time. 
Um, and he prompted me to pay this gentleman the 5000 back that he had paid me. Um, Whoa. And wow. uh, I did. So, so wait, let, let's make sure that's very clear. <laughs> the, the dude in California said 50000 or 55000 mm -hmm. paid you five, and he was robbing you. Yes. He, he was stealing money from you and labor from you. Essentially, yeah. Uh, and then God, as you were praying through your life, God prompted you to uh, love your enemy mm -hmm. and pray for those who persecute you. That's the teaching that Jesus says. And you gave the $5,000 back. Yes. I didn't want him to go after the family um, that I had been servicing. Okay. Um, because he had stated that he was in network with insurance. He wasn't. He was going to go after the family for that 50000 Wow. So I paid him the 5000 so he was out. Even Stevens, no skin in the game. Um, so I started collaborative care with negative $50,000. <laughs> negative $50,000. That's not how you start a business, is no, it? No, no. Wow. And, and, and so you, you stepped into this. Uh, both you and Lynn were your, I mean, Lynn, you were a sole operator, and Brittany, you were a sole operator, and you didn't have anybody under you that you were leading. You had no staff. Neither one of you even knew really what this was going to pan out to be, correct? No, Googling how to get a business license. <laughs> <laughs> Google knows everything. I think it's like God, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Google. Like, yeah. It's like, right, I'm kidding. It's not sacrilege. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Let's go to uncomfortable. <laughs> let's say, let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I actually, uh, from an early age, uh, when I was in the eighth grade, I felt called to be a children's pastor in my life, and uh, was, that was a very, very clear uh, call of God on my life, and so I thought from an early age that I knew what I was going to do the rest of my life, mm. and uh, served uh, at a couple different churches. I served at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene. I served over at St. Mary's Church of the Nazarene, and then the Lord uh, took me over to uh, the Valley Church, Upper Valley Church of the Nazarene in Piqua, and uh, it was, uh, the Lord shifted that call a little bit into ministry when he brought you into my life, and uh, so we, we had met yeah. in Piqua, and uh, yeah. at that point had, you know, went through the whole dating and engagement thing, got married, and then the Very Lord sure. decided to call him to ministry. And uh, at that point, um, that figure, right? began to change what he was doing with me. And uh, we came here nine years ago, and uh, this, is, this has been the only church that we've been serving at together. Correct. And uh, so we came here nine years ago, and, and obviously um, that changed what I could do vocationally. And so I began to just go through this wrestling crisis this almost identity crisis of god i thought that this is what i'm supposed to be doing but it's not possible here what uh, what do you want me to do now and uh that's when we began to um really test some things out i tried some substitute teaching for a while i filled out a bunch of job applications and we really just began to look around our community and we noticed that there wasn't a place in our community where people could come and connect with each other. 
And uh, at that point in time, there was one other coffee shop that was here in town, mm -hmm. and uh, they would close their doors at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and Stephen and I would look for places that we could go together as a couple, but also that we could have, um, you know, meet with church people, meet with friends. We saw just that there wasn't a place of connection. Yeah. And that's where coffee comes in, because coffee is connection. And the Delicious. ironic thing is, is that I didn't even like coffee. Um, We're going to have to strike that from the <laughs> recording. She didn't, she didn't, yeah, we got to strike that from the recording. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> but I like the idea that coffee shops bring, and we saw that, that it could be a need. The part that I had to wrestle with was, was I do have a very clear call of ministry on my life, and I had to come to the understanding that ministry doesn't isn't just vocational ministry within the church it's the pastoral ministry can also be wherever you go and so using our shop i'm doing a lot of pastoral ministry there without it being called a coffee shop pastor or whatever it might be and so that was my wrestling point is how do i take that clear call of children's ministry and then now transition transition it to to the community aspect so I, I think there's some some clear things that we need to pull out here is they were all doing something else all of you are doing your something else right now all of you whether you're young or you're seasoned all of you are doing your something else and then God spoke into your life you were listening to that and you were trying to figure out his voice it got really uncomfortable and probably got even more uncomfortable. But all three of you, and, and this was something that I didn't pick up until just in this conversation, is that all three of you have seen particular needs within the community and tried to fill that gap. So, um, Brittany and, and, and Lynn, I'm, I'm going to speak to your situation clearly here. and The needs that you found within our community... Um, how, where's the, de how, how, how deficient is our community and the needs that you're, you're filling? And, and just remind us again, you're dealing with, uh, with individuals in, in the autism spectrum, and then you're dealing with individuals that just, that they're having very difficulty, difficult time articulating, and it goes even deeper than that, so I'm, I'm not really schooled on this, but you both have found there's a deficiency in our community that's meeting those needs. How, how deficient is it in our community here in Wapakoneta and the area? It's not just Wapak, in the area. That kind of goes to my why um, yeah. for starting collaborative care because in the bigger cities, there's so much therapy opportunities for these kids. And my why was to help the kids here in this rural area. Um, the reason there's no help here in the rural area is because there's no money in it. Um, yeah. You're spending your resources getting to your clients um, trying to get a building for the clients to come to. There's just, there's so much space, not enough time, less billing that you can do. Um, so the, the money is not here for the therapists. Yeah. Um, but the need is. So there's only, um, between here and Lima and Bill Fountain area, there are only three places that do behavioral therapy. Um, wow. One of them um, is scholarship provider only. Um, I'm the only one that accepts insurance. Okay. Lynn, how, how about you? Because your, your story is really unique in 
the bandwidth of, of reach here? So I specialize in childhood apraxia of speech, which is a severe speech sound disorder, um, myofunctional disorders, which has to do with um, disordered breathing, mouth breathing, um, like tongue protrusion, those kind of things that you see um, that happen like if there are uh, sucking habits and stuff, when, you know, when the kids are younger. Um, and also literacy and dyslexia. Um, and what's funny is all three of these areas are related to each other. And if you have a s severe speech sound disorder that sometimes um, then goes into that you have a reading disorder and difficulties. Um, and then a lot of times it starts way back, you know, in infancy and toddlers when if they have this oral myofunctional disorder. Um, so I am the only provider, I would say, with at least within an hour, maybe longer, um, that provide these specific services. Um, and when I opened the business or started the business, um, I'm really the only private practice um, in that same area. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to the hospital to get speech therapy, um, or there are a couple other um, therapy clinics that also offer like PT and OT, so physical therapy and occupational therapy. Um, but I'm the only one that uh, specializes in these areas. Um, I, on a daily basis, I have clients who travel over an hour to come um, for a therapy session. Um, and then we also do um, a speech camp in the summer. Yeah, how far <laughs> out have people traveled for, so to Wapakoneta yeah, so for speech camp? So this is crazy. Um, but a colleague of mine started this speech camp, and we focus on apraxia. Um, and we've had families travel from Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Tennessee, West Virginia. Um, I've had contacts to people clear over in Washington State. Um, who are interested in coming next year. Um, yeah. They just didn't have the resources to get here this year. Um, so our reach has been national, which <laughs> is crazy too, because I asked these families, I'm like, do you not have something in your area? And there's nothing. Um, and it's just sad, I mean, mm -hmm. because there are so many kids and families that mm -hmm. need these services and they can't get them. So all three of you, you're, un, you're in the uncomfortable moment and you have to walk this thing out because you just have a deep sense that this is what God is, is moving in your life. What affirmations in terms of scripture, um, wise counsel, spouses, family, like, and I'm sure I have no question in my mind, and, and you can probably speak to this as we, because there's just a couple questions here. At any point, did you feel like, I'm done, I'm giving up, I, I can't do this, I don't want to do this. This is too hard. Obstacles, barriers, what have you. But what affirm affirmations from the Lord through scripture, wise counsel, circumstances, what did he bring your way to encourage you to keep going forward? Any of you can speak to this. Well, what's really cool about my story is when I started collaborative care, that was actually when I started coming to Wapaknaz. It was in January. Really? Yeah. So... Um, that was like the first counsel that I had from Amy was, what do I do with this, <laughs> with this guy and this money? And I feel God's telling me to do She's this. She's like, who's this person asking me these questions? Um, I don't know. And so um, I had started that season of life group that spring. 
And that's when we were discussing how God is calling you, but he's not going to call you without giving you what you need to fulfill that calling. That's right. I I forgot about that. So So every (laughs) single Thursday, as I'm going through doing the paperwork and figuring out the clients and figuring out the financials, um, there was that fear. But then every Thursday, there was that affirmation. Yep, this is what you're supposed to do. Yep, this is what you're supposed to do. And we, I, now that you say that, so Life Group was really pivotal for you because you had a group of eight or nine people that were listening to your story, walking with you, and praying over you. And, and it, I completely, that space, uh, that's pretty amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And it, so Life Group was one of those key places. I know, I know your husband was behind you, and uh, you had your life group behind you. Were there any particular scriptures for you that just stuck out for you that, man, this is it right here? I think Jeremiah 29, 11 has always been my life verse. You know, I have a thought, or I have a path for you. Hope a hope in the future. Yes. Wow. And so, but that hope is, it's a promise. Yeah. And so, that's always been the drive for me. Yep. The, the main affirmation was just that life group. Wow. Which is pushing me through. Wow. Um, one of the first things, which isn't scripture at all, was actually my father-in-law. Really? Um, he, I'm correct. Um, Tissues are right there. <laughs> when I started um, with not having any money and my husband just carrying us financially through everything, um, my father-in-law came. And he is not a very sentimental guy. Yeah. He is a rock. Um, and... He came to the house, made sure that Wade wasn't home, so it was just him and I, uh, Wade, my husband. And he sat me down and he said, listen, I know that you know what you're doing. You need to do it. Wow. And he gave me the money to file for the business license and everything because, again, we have nothing wow. um, extra. So <laughs> um, that was kind of like huge for me because this yeah. guy who I didn't think really – cared that much about what I was doing, came out and said, hey, I feel like I need to give this to you. You can do it. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And he was the first person that came out and spoke that he believed in me to start this. Wow. That's phenomenal. Uh, how about you two? Either one. I guess I've kind of had affirmations throughout the whole process. Um, definitely my family being there to support everything. Um, and then just, I would go and do more trainings and do more trainings to be, you know, have, be a specialist or be an expert in a certain area that I felt was needed. And so then, you know, my name would get out there on a website or on a list somewhere, and then families would start calling. And I didn't really promote or advertise, per se, other yeah. than just through these um, sites that I was doing the trainings and trying to get that through. Um, and I different from Brittany do not accept insurance. I'm pretty much private pay. Mm -hmm. So it's all out of the pocket of these families. And when I had so many families say, we can't find anything, we need this, we need this, we're willing to do it, we'll do whatever we can, that was an affirmation saying that, okay, this is needed and this is where I'm supposed to be. And then, just this past summer, I give like baskets, um, gave a basket to a banquet, worship banquet, as like a giveaway or whatever. So I get a call saying, I won your basket at the banquet. Um, This lady is from Lima. She does remnant worship. 
downtown Lima. Mm -hmm. um, so a believer in Christ, you know, she goes, we have this guy, gentleman, he's 84, 87 years old, yeah. um, who nobody can understand what he's saying. And we have been praying that we would be able to find somebody who could help him. Wow. And I got your basket with your card. That's so cool. So I'm calling and I'm like, <laughs> I only work with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but obviously this is, yeah. you know, a God thing and I need to do this. And so this guy um, was born with shortened vocal cords. So he has some physical issues. But when I first met him, you couldn't hardly understand what he was saying and he says he has a call he wants to preach the streets he wants to walk the streets of downtown Lima wow. and preach to these people and nobody understands him so we did therapy for weekly actually two or three times a week for about two months and <laughs> the people who deal with him and see him on the street have made so many comments about how much more they can understand him and he just lights up. That's wonderful. And um, she was doing a live, because she's on Facebook a lot, and she just called out that um, and, you know, gave me credit. And I'm like, it's not me. I didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> um, but I feel inadequate on a daily basis of, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't help these people. <laughs> and those things are just affirm that this is definitely you know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from <laughs> all of you, and I, I know this from you too, because you're my wife, kind of, um, <coughs> that you are my wife, not kind of, <laughs> but you are. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Choose your words wisely, Ambrose. Choose your words wisely, because you know you'll hear it at Life Group on Monday. Um, <laughs> but that even, so when God calls you, you still have to do a whole lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. It's not going to fall in your lap. And God even called you to some, some of you to things that you had no clue what to do, right? And some of you, it was to go get education. Um, to others of you, it was, for instance, for you, is, okay, I'm, I'm going to work as a barista to actually even see if this is really right. But you actually had to do some hard work. It didn't just land in your lap. And it didn't go just smoothly. There were moments that you said, I don't know if we could do this. I don't know if this is right. Or if did I really hear God say to me in my spirit that this is what you're supposed to do? You questioned everything. You questioned it all. However... God shows you, even in the smallest of victories, right? God shows you that this is right, but you have to be listening. Um, I want to transition real quick here in the next, you know, we've only got about five or ten more minutes to go. Um, how, how have you seen your business not just function as a business but how have you seen your business function as a ministry to be a place that expands the kingdom of God not just speech therapy or behavioral therapy or wonderful chocolates and coffee right 
How has your place been utilized by the Lord and you as an intentional place of ministry and investment in your community? Could you speak to that? Yeah, I, um, I, that's definitely been the prayer since we started is that, yeah. that we know that it's not our business. This is the Lord's business. And we are only there to be stewards of what he's allowed us to manage and um, mm-hmm. that all of it belongs to him. And uh, ministry starts with our staff. The, you know, we have 15 summer in transition um, people that, that he's given to us and um, teaching them and praying for them and investing in them for whatever amount of season they're going to be with us, whether it's three months or a year or hopefully longer, but um, yeah. just so. the reality of the business. And then the second part is the guests, the customers that we serve and those that are coming in the door. And we've had, um, they may not come into the doors of the church, but they may come in for coffee and chocolate. And when you ask them how their day is and you see that maybe it's not going so well, there's opportunity to pray. And we're, Stephen and I aren't shy about, we pray now and we pray later, right? And so even if we have a line to the door, we're going to stop and pray with you and listen to your concerns. And I think my prayer every day is um, just for seeds, seeds to be planted, but asking the Lord to water them, and I can't wait until that day when we hear that somebody's come to Christ because of our business, because of the seeds that we planted. Yeah, yeah. How about you too? The, uh, the <laughs> biggest ministry portion for us, um, for Collaborative Care, is when we get the phone calls, the intake phone calls. Um, so you take your child to the hospital, you get them diagnosed with autism, your world shatters, and you're given a pamphlet of, hey, here's the providers in your area. Mm. So you go home, you know ABA is the best thing for your kids, so then you call. I get that phone call. Um, usually, it's a broken phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, parents are crying, they don't know what to do. Um, they're seeking for help, they're seeking for answers. Um, a lot of times the kiddos are having some aggressive behaviors, um, no communication, and that's the biggest ministry opportunity I have um, because we're reaching more than the people that come in the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're able to provide comfort and love in those intake calls. And, and this is something that I'll speak to this from, I don't often share things about the happen in life group, but you started out with just you, mm-hmm. right? We started out with you and five other employees, right? Um, and your mom and dad periodically comes in, grabs some chocolate and, and works. But you started out with just you currently. And, and in a span of a year? Three months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Span of three months. How many employees are you leading? We have 10 staff members now. So it started out with you and now you have 10. And so not only are you having these broken phone calls, mm-hmm. right? And you're speaking into the lives of the parents. Mm-hmm. But you, you are also learning how to lead yeah. and and you actually have a true opportunity with those in which you lead in your business that that are the face of your business that are in the trenches um 
meeting with those those kids and those families. So yeah. you're well, learning on this what's, part, right? What's really, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. What's really cool <laughs> is of the 10 that came, um, two of them have decided that this is what they want to do and have started school to be behavior analysts as well. Wow. So you're impacting so. trajectory of life, too. Lynn, how about you? How, how have you seen this as, as a kingdom operation? So I think first, um, just the name of the business, Speak Life, Speech Therapy. Um, Dave and I both are ministered um, a lot through music. Yeah. Um, so that is a conversation um, that I have with people of why I chose Speak Life, Speech Therapy. Um, so then I go to Toby Mac and I give him some credit. Toby Mac? speaking or for singing the song, but then I just found out not too long ago that he didn't actually write it. <laughs> somebody else did. Sheer anyway. disappointment. <laughs> um, you can call Brittany if you're right. broken there. Yeah. But similar to Brittany, like, I feel like I can give hope to these parents that um, don't know where else to go and don't know what the future looks like. Yeah. You know, we can give hope to them. And um, a lot of my families are Christian families. Okay. Um, not all, but that conversation does come up a lot, um, just conversing with the parents yeah. um, and asking them, you know, or they're asking me, like, what can we do? What can we do? And I'm like, well, I, you know, we pray for you. We pray for your kids um, yeah. and what their future looks like. Um, last question, and then we're going to tie some bows on this and you guys can go eat. Um, and this may be a little bit personal, so you can you can deflect and not answer. Uh, you have that permission, but um, and you do not have to reveal a whole lot. But have you thought of how this business and the revenue of your business can be utilized in extravagant generosity, elevation of your community? and the expansion of the kingdom of God. Um, ha is that a new thought? Is that something that you've already thought through? And um, Because in business, I mean, you, you, said, you said it yourself. I started out with nothing. It, actually, in the negative category. Mm -hmm. um, we signed the loan. Um, the day we signed the loan, in December, we had no heat upstairs. We had no heat downstairs. We had no heat in the in the place that was dilapidated. Uh, we also, um, our dryer went out, and so there was a lot of money that was going to go out that we didn't have, and here we are in the middle of all this without lights, signing away our life. Signing away and giving the bank every penny that we had. So, you know, business isn't always guaranteed that it's gonna, gonna be lucrative. So have you thought in terms of how this is gonna be a reinvestment in, in community? kingdom, etc. So ours is probably a little bit different because we didn't really have a big financial burden to start the business. Yeah. Um, back, obviously, when I quit Honda, that was probably our biggest burden. Yeah. Um, we still had two house payments because we had just gotten married, so we both had houses. We were trying to sell one of them. We lost 50% of our income. Um, our wow. church at that time was having... Um, a building fund. They were going to build a new church. Um, and again, we both prayed about it, came back together, came up with this astronomical crazy amount that we thought that we were going to be able to give to that. Um, knowing that, you know, we had lost all this. 
Um, so that, mm. you know, we, we have given and continue to put God first in our tithes and offerings um, throughout the whole thing from the beginning. Yeah. Um, even currently, like for the business, we tithe on the gross that we bring, that I bring in. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, at this point, we don't really take draws. We don't really take an income from it because Dave's still working. I still have the school. Yeah. Um, but everything we bring in, we tithe on. Um, the other thing is, is in two, 2020, I was supposed to go to Uganda for, um, to go volunteer to do speech therapy for three weeks. Wow. Um, that has, was obviously canceled. Yeah. It is still on um, the plan to do that. Wow. So a lot of you know the revenue and the money that we're bringing in is going to help do that and you know take what we can over there. That's amazing. I'm sure if you need some help, there's probably somebody here that would be glad to go with you and help you. That's amazing. How about you guys? Well, financially, <laughs> I still haven't been able to pay myself yet. Yeah. Um, with everything that's going, so we're still kind of. That's my own personal leaning into God yeah. um, on that. Um, I know he's, he's revealed to me that we're going to be building an actual building here in Wapak. Whoa. I don't know how, when, or what, but <laughs> he, wow. in, in five years, we're going to have a building. I know it. Um, so um, just give him back to the community. Yeah. We really want to build in the community. And then the biggest why um, is for the kids, not for the money. So um, That's we're awesome. not generating Is that your mission revenue. statement? Yeah, it's it's the kids. For the kids, not yeah, the money. It's wow. it is. It's for the kids, it's not the money. So, That's awesome. Um we don't have a lot of profit. Yeah. Because we want to make it affordable for the families. Yeah. Beautiful. Man. Yeah, I think ours is pretty similar to to Lynn's. It starts with uh, tithing to your local church and yeah. that's been something that we've uh, put in place from the beginning. Um, probably a couple years in, the Lord just continued to bless our business and we were able to give a tithe into our community looking for ways that we can strategically invest in our community. And then the most exciting part for me is what you were talking about with Uganda is it's just opened up doors for us to invest globally. And uh, going to other countries, uh, Stephen and I are always looking for who is that leader? Who's that leader in the other country yes. that um, is already there? They've got their boots to the ground and they just need the resources to be able to build the churches or to reach people for Christ. And that's what we're always looking for, is um, just how can we use our business globally, and, and which is really fun. Yeah. Last question, do you have it figured out yet? No. Are you still Definitely learning? not. <laughs> yeah. God's still doing amazing things that affirm what he originally called you to years ago? Okay, man. Um, I wanna, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about you guys sharing the story that God had on your life and how he's moved you and the story that continues to be written today, um, even as you sit here. And uh, I, I just want to say I'm so proud of all of you um, because I, I not only believe that the local church is the hope of the world because it is through the local church that the gospel of Jesus Christ gets expanded. But I also think that business, we're not going to be doing church the same way we're doing church today in about 15 to 20 years. It's just, it's just not going to happen. It may happen on a, a larger level, but let me just tell you, the way to impact our community the other way, beyond the local church, is really through entrepreneurship pioneering within your community 
and building in your community. And that's truly going to be one of those ways that you and I are going to be able to minister one-on-one with people and uh, make an impact for the kingdom of God. So um, I, I want to say thank you. You guys can stay here. That's okay. And we're just going to kind of wrap up here. And um, I want to invite you back next week. Uh, next week, uh, you will hear a truly inspirational story uh, from a friend of mine that I met within uh, the Allen Oakwood Correctional Institution. Um, my friend Deontay, God has got a huge call on his life, and he's kind of like this. He, he, he really doesn't know what it looks like, but he knows some of the steps that he has to take, and he is passionate about ministering to the broken. And so I, I just highly encourage you to return next week because even if you listen online, you're not going to, like, like this morning, you're not going to get the weight of, of the story. But uh, God has really captured Deontay's life. Been in prison since he was a teenager and just released this April as a, a, a young man in his, his early 30s. And so uh, I highly encourage you to, to hear what God has done in his life and is going to do in his life. And so um, God actually may be talking to you about calling you forward into something new or reinvigorating the call that he has on your life right now where you are. And I want to encourage you that we are partnered with you. We're praying for you. And if you have questions about business and how to do all this, there's three people up here that would be very, very willing to sit down with you and give you some of their time to lead you and guide you with that. Would you please stand? Man, I, I, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. I firmly believe that you, you do have a call on all of us. You know, making disciples of all nations is a bare minimum, minimum qual, call. Uh, you, you call us to step out, to grow our faith, to be uncomfortable, and to be refined, to learn, to grow, so that your kingdom can be expanded. And I ask that you move on the lives of each and every one of these folks in this room, from a teenager, a junior hire, to a senior hire, a senior vet, seasoned vet. Lord, you're not done with us yet. We're still alive and breathing. So I ask that you continue to speak into our spirits and that we listen, that we begin to take those steps forward with you and test the waters and know that it's you. God, make an impact not only in this community and the communities surrounding through this group of people, but globally through Wapak Mass. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you. It is in your name that we pray today. Amen. Hey folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. And uh, will you please love your neighbor as yourself? Can you thank them on the way out as well? Appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.